Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is the Tech Educator Podcast. We are live here on Wednesday, March 28th at 8.30 p.m. Of course, you can check us out over on TeacherCast.tv. Be a part of our live audience. Join our chat room. We would love to hear from you. If you're open to uh, joining us, we would certainly love to have you. Today, we're going to be talking all about productivity tips. I have three amazing tech coaches on, and we're going to be talking about things that we do during the week to keep us moving as fast as possible, sharing some apps, sharing some programs, sharing some different things that we have here. Uh, If you are an instructional technology coach, this is the show for you. I am so excited to introduce my first guest. He is the author of the book Professionally Driven. I want to bring on Mr. Jared Borman. Jared, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm doing just fine. How about you? I am doing fantastic. Thanks so much for joining us today. Um, It's been a while. How how is the book doing and uh, how have things been, my friend? It's been really good. Uh, Since it's come out, I've had several schools get in touch with me, wanting to do some book studies, having further conversations. I've been invited to a couple other states to have conversations with technology integration teams or administrative teams. And people are really interested in wanting to know more about how can we start shifting away from traditional professional development and start utilizing something more personalized. So that way we can start understanding how to maybe utilize this technology that's in our environments already, but maybe at a more pedagogical base versus just a, a quick little tool-based um, fashion. So it's going really well. I've got to say, if you, uh, if you haven't checked out his book, it is called Professionally Driven. Uh, this is Tech Educator Show 177. We're going to have it in the show notes with links to Amazon, links to Jared's website, and uh, lots of good stuff. Jared, for those who haven't uh, had a chance to check this out, where can we find you on Twitter to, uh, to learn more about what you do? My Twitter handle is going to be jborman, B-O-R-M-A-N-N. And then the number three, like or not, there's more than one Dave Borman. So I'm the third one. Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. I want to bring on from the great state of New Jersey, Nick. Nick, how are you today? Doing well. Good. And uh, I understand that you've got some, some news coming up here. You've got some pretty important things. Tell us a little bit about what you've been doing these days at school. Uh, working on designing a uh, classroom of the future design, so redesigning spaces that way. And I've uh, been working with uh, a genius bar of students, so t- uh, student tech help and whatnot and uh, getting them out there and actually worked with them today. They presented with me on a workshop. So That is kind of really cool. Um, doing stuff with students is amazing. How, uh, how is that going? How do you get them involved? And uh, what, what tips do you have? I know a lot of instructional technology coaches such as myself, we're in multiple buildings, don't always get a chance to have that one-to-one with the students. How, uh, how, how do you find it going these days? Uh, you know, you got to make the time, uh, you know, being in the classroom and missing that, that element of spending the time with the, with the students. Uh, so we're working closely with, you know, our media specialist. That was a big in for me and that her and I sat together and we came up with the idea to put together this, uh, you know, genius bar tech help. And we reached out to kids who were interested and, and let them run with it, you know, which was kind of the, uh, the, the big piece, you know, give them, uh, the grounds to do whatever it is that they want to do and let them you know, try it and voice what they're interested in and, and get it out to the, the other students. That is awesome. We're looking forward to doing that. Uh, if you have any questions about that, please check out Nick. Nick, what is your uh, Twitter handle again? 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, at nAmaral, E-D-U, and uh, website is edtechforay.wordpress.com. And again, we will make sure that we have all of the links in there. This is Tech Educator Show 177. Dr. Sam Patterson, how are you today? Sam is having a little bit of a connection issue. We will bring him in, but that's okay. Today we're going to be talking about 10 productivity tips. We've got some of the things that we do. We keep different ways that we do records, work with people. Um, let's just kind of get into this, Jared, because um, I was going to start with you. You literally did write the book on this stuff. Why is it important for instructional technology coaches to have a... A, a plan, a plan of attack, a plan for record keeping, a plan for communication. Why is this important? For me, it's all about setting up the environment. Um, you can't allow learning to really thrive, whether it's learning technology purposes, instructional purposes, facilitating instructional strategies and so forth. That can't really thrive unless you create the right environment. I can't, I can't all of a sudden expect to start a flame in the middle of the Amazon when I, my humidity level are at 200%. I have to create conditions in which this can actually thrive. So it's really important to set up you know, multiple lines of communication, um, the organization of what's the process look like for everybody within the district, and everybody needs to be on that same page for creating that adult learning environment where if I truly have a focus on pedagogy and moving my students from lower level thinking to upper level thinking, more chances than not, that's going to involve some kind of technology. So we need to make sure that we have those opportunities for educators to get real-time teaching or training for those particular tools, but at the same time, figure out, like, if I get independent training on this particular tool, but the training that is embedded in a larger learning journey, now we have something that we can build from. Now, Nick, when... Jared's talking about having that plan and showing that plan. Is that something that you necessarily have to put a sign up on your door and says, I communicate through email. I do things with Google Calendar. Or is it just a, a way of keeping yourself on track that because you're efficient, other things will just sort of fall in place? Uh, yeah, I think it's that, you know, I, I don't think you have to go out there <laughs> with a sign from door to door, from teacher to teacher. Um, but I think as far as, coming up with a plan that, you know, if I'm going to post things online and I want to limit the amount of email, you know, making it known, at least letting the teachers have a place that they can go to, finding out, you know, what are the uh, the ways they like to get information. You know, we each have a way, a place that we go to to get information. So what's the teacher's way? You know, what do they enjoy? Um, I know for me personally, it's just finding ways to make myself more productive. If I'm in one building, I can't be, you know, in two at one place. So I got to figure out a way, how can I reach all of my staff as quick as possible? And how can I respond to their needs? Now, is it about you or is it about them? I mean, is it the, I want to use this tool because I like it, or do you say more, well, this is the best way for my teachers to communicate, so even if it's not my favorite, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'll go with whatever they, you know, they enjoy, um, and if there's a medium that, that fits them more then I have no problem using that. And I think that comes back to the whole thing as, you know, tech as a tool thing. I'm not going to let it drive the, the tool, drive what it is that I do. If, if that's what they enjoy and that's uh, makes it easier for them, then it makes it better for me. If they're happy, I'm happy. 
Now let's just kind of get into this here. We're going to do a, a quick rapid fire. We're going to make this a quick show for anybody that might be driving to work right now. 10 productivity tips. Um, now, Jared, I, I want to talk about your first one here because this kind of goes into what Nick and I were just talking about. Uh, what is your first tip of the week? So mine would definitely, it is a tool, I will say that, but it has been an indispensable tool in my role as a coach. So I am, I do call myself a coach, instructional coach, tech coach, whatever you want to call it, but I do go to multiple school districts is kind of like what my role is in the state of Iowa. So it's not just a school with multiple buildings. I go to multiple school districts. And so what I really try to do to keep uh, communication as open as possible and as responsive as possible is I utilize an app called Voxer. And I know that there are several people out there that probably utilize the app as well. I know that there are Voxer book studies, which I've led one of those for our area education agency that I work for. Um, but it has been a great tool as far as letting people know that if you want to get a hold of me and get as a responsive um, answer as possible, Voxer is probably going to be the best tool because if you email me, I can't guarantee that I'm going to respond as quickly as you need me to respond sometimes. So Voxer is a great one because I get that notification on my Apple Watch. I can see that someone's responded. So when I have that quick minute to get to that Vox, I'll try to get to that Vox. But it's been a great app for that um, in or sorry asynchronous uh, audio kind of communication with one another. Now we talk about a technology coach really having to create or drive a technology culture in the school district. There's a huge shift for any teacher, whether they're techie or not, um, to say, don't email me, find your phone, grab an app, talk to it, and then make sure your notifications on. Cause I don't know when I'm going to get back to you, but it'll be in voice. How do you how do you yeah. start that shift? Because I, I could see in my particular situation saying, nope, no more emails. And then suddenly everything gets, you know, like everyone's flipping out because he's not checking his email during the day. Absolutely. So um, what I what I actually utilize the app more than for anything else is when I teach a grad class, um, I have 27 students this semester, which is sometimes difficult to get respond to be responsive with them and, and on top of my regular job as well and so what i've said to the students is simply here we did we kind of went through the app uh, the first night of class and just said here's the app i also provided uh, some how-to videos as well as to get familiar with the app same thing that happens when we do our voxer book study i have the how-to video set up on the voxer book study page if they have questions they can certainly i say you can email me but I just can't guarantee that I will answer as quickly as you need me to. So once over time, people start to understand like, oh, yeah, what's that other channel of communication that I can reach them at that's probably a little faster? I'm going to give that a try. And then when all of a sudden my answer is faster than what it would have been through email, they're like, okay. Then they start using that more and more. Now, we do have a, uh, our live visitors, or I should say our live guest tonight. Uh, Peggy is asking, can you save a message uh, using Voxer? Can you save messages? Well, that's the cool part. It automatically kind of does save. So think of it like walkie-talkie, but it's always it's always there. So what I love about it is when you set up a group Voxer chat, because how many times have you been in a work environment where you're having a conversation one-on-one -on -one with a colleague, and then you go to the next colleague and you try to relay that conversation, and pretty soon you're playing that telephone game where not everybody heard everything in the same context with the same message where Voxer is all there in a sort of like a, 
uh, linear format of who's speaking at what time and everybody hears the same message. But the beauty is because it's there, I can go back and respond to it when I can. So it's much like a voice, like a, like a group phone conversation, except each person speaking is just done asynchronously. So when you have the moment, the, the, the quick free moments, which I know there aren't a whole lot, you can always get back to that. So we have this way of communication. Some people like email, some people like voice. Nick, what is your way of keeping yourself um, readily available to anybody who might want to grab you for the, uh, during the day? Yeah, Jared brought up a great point with, with uh, Voxer. You know, I, I don't use Voxer, but uh, I use the Remind app, which is, uh, you know, in a similar fashion. This is, you know, Voxer, obviously, with the walkie-talkie style, is, it adds a neat touch to it. But that's just one thing. And the other thing is really just, um, you know, besides Remind, is keeping an online booking system. It's so hard, you know, when you're feeding through emails to then say, oh, man, I got to book, you know, this teacher in, so I got to find the time to remind myself to do that. This way, it's kind of go in there. They get to see when you're available. They book it. So using anything from, you know, you can book me appointly or Google Calendar appointment slots, Whatever it is that obviously teachers enjoy to access or you find uh, simple and easy and utilize that. Send them there to, to access that at any time. See when your availability is and then book you for those moments they want you. So I got to ask the question, and we've probably talked about this in the past. Um, much like many tech coaches out there, I run multiple buildings. And it's already happened a few times this year where somebody says, oh, well, 10 o'clock, you're busy. 12 o'clock, you're busy. I'll book you for 11. But it's hard for Google Calendar to say, well, 9 o'clock, I'm in this part of the world. And 11 o'clock, I'm over in that part of the world. And you've booked me for the time that's impossible <laughs> for me. And now the teacher says, I want to do this. I've made that appointment. But at the same time, you're like, I can't meet you. Yeah, you know, one of the things I did, obviously, from bouncing between buildings, and I found it just more useful this year, was, um, you know, letting them know. So part of having this online blog that I that I utilize or website with our district was uh, scheduling buildings as certain days. I do tell them, you know, I'm more than willing to jump from one to the, you know, from one building to the other, but which to make me flexible. But one of the things is know that if I'm scheduled in a certain building on a certain day, you know, I'm not going to be able to jump over in 15, 20 minutes to run over to the next building and to make that. Um, so I use, you know, I use that. Usually the page that I have shows that schedule, my weekly schedule, what building am I going to be at on which day? And then it has, you know, the appointment or the Google calendar slot underneath that. So we've talked a little bit about communication. We've talked about ways that people can keep up with you. Um, I got to tell you, the one thing that I, I say, it's, it's the best tax write-off. I can't live without it. I've been using Evernote now for the last probably five or six years. In fact, my love of Evernote started with this particular podcast. Uh, we did a show on Evernote, and I said, all right, I got to try this thing. I use Evernote for keeping records, keeping notes, uh, working with teachers, organizing. Every time I have meetings with, with administrators, I have my running records and my agendas in Evernote. I keep my, my photos. I, everything that I have, I use Evernote for. Um, is Evernote free? Yes. Um, but I think the, the premium version is still in that $49, $45, somewhere in there. It's the best 50 bucks that that I spend every year. Um, it, it's amazing. And I absolutely love being able to put everything in there, save everything. And if I need it, it's on my phone, it's on my tablet, it's on my Chromebook, it's on my computer, it's on anywhere that I need to. It is absolutely right there. I love that Evernote has an audio recording feature. Um, I, I've used that a lot just for taking voice notes. I've even suggested people podcast um, on that thing. 
And, and Evernote is absolutely one of those really awesome apps that we can try. I want to bring in here, Sam. Sam, are you here today? I'm here right now, and everything seems to be working. I won't touch my machine. Is, is, the, is, the, is the hamster still running, or is it, is it, like, what, what's going on over there? Well, you know, this bad boy powers a lot of laser cutting and a lot ah. of 3D printing these days. And well, I think I mean, at the end of the day, kind of like me, it's just like, whoo, I'm tired. Now, we've, we've been talking about efficiency, so it's kind of uh, yes. right in your wheelhouse here. Um, we know you're not an instructional technology coach. We still wanted you on the show, but you're talking about being efficient in a classroom where there's so much chaos going on and much We, like we call it learning. Oh, yeah, well, there's so yeah. much learning going on. I see, yeah. Nick, you, you forgot that's the word that you were telling me about the other day. Learning. How do you keep all that learning focused? How do you keep all that learning in check? What are some things that you do to not only communicate with your teachers, whom, by the way, I understand you constantly strive not to kick out of their buildings through fire alarm drills, but what else are you trying to, uh, to use these days to keep you, you, keep you focused? Well, my, my number one uh, tip is to augment your personal reality, What? which is, yeah, right? Because we've been hearing about augmented reality, et cetera. We, you need to augment your personal reality, and by which I mean it's a wardrobe upgrade. I suggest, and I'm serious about this, wearing an apron. It's amazing. First of all, it completely increases my productivity because that thing I'm looking for is in my pocket on my apron. And it's not stabbing me when I sit down because the the pocket and the the apron pockets they just move when you sit down, right? And I have saved so many pairs of pants with this aprons because working in an elementary school, Jeff, it is not a clean environment, right? Even and I started doing this when I was a technology integration specialist because you're just handling so many devices all the time. Having you know essentially a piece of canvas that's on your lap half the day decreases a lot of wear and tear on the pants. And those stains, they happen on that thing that you can actually replace and make another one of. Now, I know and you said the, the apron is like more, there's a front pocket. It's like a kangaroo kind of a thing where I, I've been working recently with our culinary teacher and he's got all the tools and stuff on his top arm. Do you nice. have a preference of that? Um, I, I haven't done the arm yet because I have, usually my aprons have open arms, mm. but I do have on, uh, on one of the aprons, I've got a pen pocket up here, kind of two hip pockets, which are almost ho like holster style hip pockets that hold like remote controls and box cutters and such. Oh. And then like a big traditional bib apron style pocket in the front. Well, that's, of course, a great way to sit there and organize your physical things. Jared, what can we do to organize our digital life? So I have a lot of coaches or some school districts that have multiple coaches in the building. So they might have someone that's designated as a tech coach or they have someone designated as an instructional coach. But really, to me, coaches are coaches and you, you use the whole gamut of knowledge. What we ultimately always run into is when you have, let's say, to use the apron metaphor a little bit in the kitchen, and when you have multiple cooks in the kitchen, it's kind of hard to keep some of the conversations that are happening organized. So I know that there are some tools out there like Teach Boost is one that I'm familiar with, and then a couple others that kind of help maybe um, more uh, in a more secure kind of format as far as um, that's more concrete. But 
utilizing the same tool we have already free available to us, like the Google folder, the the G suite of everything. Um, I've had a lot of coaches that say, okay, if I'm going to, if I have a teacher coming to me, want to know how and have a conversation with me, but then they have a conversation with you the next day, and then they have a conversation with the next coach the next week, how do we keep track of all of that? So it's almost like trying to develop a healthcare system where when you have a patient and you have multiple nurses and doctors seeing the same patient, how do you keep track of the conversations for that one patient. So utilizing Google Docs, again, formatting it however you wish, utilizing a Google folder system, formatting however you wish, um, but whatever helps the coaches communicate with one another, I think is going to be really important in keeping track of those conversations because you, again, as far as efficiency, you don't want to take the first 15 minutes of your precious 30 minutes you may have with that teacher, having them re-explain everything that they just already talked to this other coach about. Right. But when the coaches are flying all around, they can't have that conversation with each other sometimes. So it's been a good tool. Um, but like I said, there are some others out there as well. So you're using Google Docs as a way for, you know, your own communication with yourself, with teachers having resources, sharing that stuff. Now, Nick, you have a good way because... Sometimes teachers can't reach you physically. Sometimes that you're in a different building and they, they need to find something. What is your next tip for communicating with teachers and being able to reach them when maybe you're not available? Yeah, having that, you know, one-stop shop. Um, one of the things, you know, is, is when you're constantly inundating them with email, they get frustrated with that. So, and when they can't reach you, like you said, having that place that they can go to to gather materials, gather notes, tips, whatever it is. So, um, having some type of hub. So I utilize a, uh, like a WordPress site that's strictly, you know, for our district, that's all ed tech and pedagogy and teaching related. Um, and they can go there and they can gather, you know, crib sheets, which are, you know, quick little tip sheets on how-tos on how to do various things, um, some screencasts and things like that, um, tech tip of the week. They just know it's a one place that they can go to to try to find things that maybe they um, or have been answered before or questions that they, they're seeking, and maybe they could find the answers to those things that, uh, too. So it, it's worked out really well. And I know teachers just being inundated with the amount of contact and email that they constantly get every day. This is like, look, I always know where to go to gather this information if I need it. I mean, it's one thing I would say, Nick, to have that blog ready to go. Um, and I've always said sometimes the best way to reach teachers is just to make the videos yourself. Mm-hmm. Jared, what tool do you recommend for creating? I, I hate the term flipped classroom videos, but if somebody says, Jared, I need to learn how to use this. What tools do you have available in your pocket? I absolutely love uh, something that was created by TechSmith, the Camtasia people. They created this neat little free tool called Jing, J-I-N-G. And it's something that's just an icon that that sets up in the menu bar of my uh, laptop. And if I know that if I get a question, again, from the school district that maybe – 30 minutes to an hour away, but I got a question about how do I use that tool again or where do I go for here or something like quick how-to stuff that's less than five minutes. What I will do instead of writing a whole novella back to them in a step-by-step format, I'll just do a quick five or minute or less screen recording of what it is that I'm trying to demonstrate. And the nice part, this is the part I love about uh, Jing is that when you're done recording it, it'll give you two options. You wanna save the video to your computer 
or do you want to upload to our servers? And then if you choose that, they'll then create a quick little URL for you. And then you can send that in an email to that person with the question. So it's really simple and it puts it in a more visual, uh, a more visual kind of display for them because usually when I type it out, you get like three more emails back with more questions. <laughs> but if I have a video, I rarely get an email back. It's usually like, thanks, that helped a lot. Appreciate it. Now, when we're looking at communication, sometimes it is going back to that internal communication. I have found that my best friend in the entire uh, ecosystem of what I'm doing is Google Forms. And that's because I'm so crazy during the day going between different buildings, different teachers, different departments. I need to keep a record of what I'm doing, who I'm doing it with. And even though we just said Evernote is great, sometimes you just need to click a few buttons to say, hey, today I worked with Sam. We talked about Google Docs um, and he asked me for feedback yesterday. Just a simple form that I created here um, to, to keep some data points, to keep some bullet points on different things. Um, and I've also been able to use Google Forms and Google Sheets and Google Sites to make a, an instructional coaching data dashboard, so that way we can see who's, you know, who's been busy, who who's been asking for help, what kind of topics our teachers are asking for, what kind of classes they've been asking. Um, I've I've probably got about twenty or so, twenty five different data points that I've been collecting throughout the year to help not only mold the program that we're doing, but also to predict what the future of the program is and to see where we're going. Um, Google Forms is absolutely great. They're very robust if you can bring in pictures and videos and you name it lots of great stuff that you can use google forms google slides and you know what it's also been a great way to help me put myself in the role of that teacher because in order to have something like this i had to sit down and go okay what do i need how do i need it to look and even though this is i'm in my third year of this it's always changing based off the needs of the particular situation so it kind of keeps me grounded as okay what does an educator need how do they put it down now oftentimes it's not just one teacher you're working with it's a topic for instance we got a particular technology in in the last few weeks and we're trying to put together user groups so that way we can work with specific teachers. Jared, what advice do you have of, a, of an instructional technology coach is looking to work with a group of teachers? What do you recommend? I think it's really important as your role as a tech coach to not just help people one-on-one, -on -one, but to also help create learning groups for them themselves. So it seems like I, I, you, I like utilizing Facebook groups. It's really easy to set up. It's better than a Facebook page because people can interact more freely with one another. But the thing is, um, really it's just utilizing whatever hub they want to go to and gravitate towards in order to share resources, ask each other questions. Facebook group seems to be like a, maybe it's the age demographic of educators. It seems like the majority of them are on Facebook. And so if they're already there, why not create a group? for them to be able to learn from one another and share from one another. And it's been really great because now they're asking each other questions rather than thinking I'm the only one with the answers. They are helping each other out. They are sharing cool things from their classroom with one another. And it's really creating a culture within just the, the system itself to be able to have that sharing and collaborating and communicating. Now, do you find Facebook and education are, are, are good for each other or do you find more of a, let's just say, a, a Microsoft solution or a Google solution that might be able to do the same thing? 
Yeah, you probably have other kind of ways to, to create communities within other social media hubs. Like with Google, you have your your Google communities that you can set up. Microsoft, uh, you'd probably be able to speak more on that, Jeff. But as far as I know, it seems like when I talk to educators that are sitting around the table and I say, okay, where is a place that we can share our resources outside of our classroom hours and inevitably we go around the table and are like, yeah, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Facebook. You're like, oh, okay, so what? let's just use where everybody's already at. Well, let's keep on the show of, of social media. Sam, if you were out there trying to organize uh, teachers or if you were looking to communicate with ed tech companies, what are some social media tips that you would have to help boost your productivity? Do you have any favorite social media apps or hashtags or what can you suggest to anybody who's out there really looking to get their feet wet on that social media? Um, I think, you know, have as much control of your own experience as possible, <clears throat> you know, and these days I think using a client like TweetDeck to consume Twitter or, you know, other clients to consume other social media makes a lot of sense because if you're using Twitter for the specific purpose of increasing your knowledge about your profession, then you're looking for very specific things that the algorithm really doesn't even know how to get to you. So you're going to be doing direct searches. You're going to be looking at who people follow. You're going to be looking at, you know, what different people are saying and retweeting and sending to you and that kind of thing. And all of that works really well in TweetDeck. Um, Don't spend a lot of time giving Twitter extra information about who you are so it can customize your ultimate experience because it's not trying to make you a better teacher. So we've gone through, uh, let's see, nine ways here. We talked about communicating with email, communicating with Voxer. We talked about having a booking system, someplace for your teachers to find you, like you can book me or Google Calendar. We talked about personalizing uh, the efficiency here, using Evernote to save documents, PDFs, audio files, whatever. We talked about digitizing the way that we communicate using Google Forms. We talked about being... Uh, using a blog as a one-stop shop. We've talked about creating videos, recording events using Google Forms, Facebook groups, social media. Nick, wrap this up here. Give us our tep- our, our, our tech, our 10th tech tip of the day. Um, what do you got in order to really make your job efficient and to keep that smile on your face? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, it bypasses the uh, tech a little bit, but I think one of the most powerful things you can do is utilize the teachers and students around you. Um, you know, I'm one tech coach, uh, staff developer in my district for two buildings, but if I can find those willing teachers and those teachers who can help spark and innovate other teachers around them, now I've just multiplied the amount of tech coaches I have in my district. Um, plus, sometimes they tune you out, right? So they get a little tired of hearing from the same person. So this gives them new voice. It lets them see other teachers succeed. It lets them see failures and where they need to improve. It's sort of that open door policy. Um, And once they do that, I think they realize that they can do some of those things too. So it really helps build a culture within your district. I think any instructional technology coach's first job should be to figure out how they're going to do their job. Now, that's hard, right? We've all had this conversation of, It takes time. You can't do that in your first month. Maybe you can't even do that in your first year. You kind of have to get those eagle eyes and see everything from a a bigger point of view rather than that, you know, oh, my goodness, this is hitting me moment by moment. Um, I want to wrap up today by doing a little round robin here. If there's one app that we haven't touched today. 
Um, that is one of those, you know, drop you on an island and I can't live without it. But again, one thing that we haven't touched today. Um, let's see. Sam, what would that be? Oh, it would. I mean, have we talked about the camera? <laughs> you know, it seems kind of corny to keep coming back to the most useful thing in the world. It's the camera. Um, even as working with teachers, I'm taking pictures all the time. One of the best ways for me to remember something in detail is to have a lot of visual cues about it. And in this day and age, we can also have a lot of video available. So don't neglect the camera. I was hoping you would say that. I was afraid you were going to say, don't forget the laser cutter. I was going to go for the wireless pocket scanner, but I also felt that might be a little over the top. Okay, good. Uh, Nick, let me go to you. The one thing that you, uh, that you, you, you have to have with you, um, your turn. Uh, you know, one thing I just find myself utilizing a lot and, and, uh, I don't know if I, you know, have to have it with me, but I do use it. Uh, just, just a URL shortener. Um, just something simple as that. I just find when I'm doing presentations or I want to send out stuff, I want to open it up, just the ability to quickly just generate a link and, and send it out that way, no matter what it is, the tool or site or whatever it is that I'm using. Um, I just find like Google URL sh shortener or creating a QR code on the fly is just, just a nice tool to have. That, that was a good one. I, I'll take that. I wasn't expecting that one. Uh, yeah. Jared, um, other than your book, which we've already discussed, what would we want? On a deserted, <laughs> by the way, the book is called Professionally Driven. Um, bookstores, no? Bookstores, yes? No? Some bookstores? It's, it's, I'm working on trying to get it into uh, Barnes & Noble right now. Excellent. Uh, go wait outside your local Borders books. I'm sure that it'll be coming there any day. Jared, go ahead. Well, I was kind of leaning between two of them, actually. Uh, if this and that is really fantastic as far as efficiency and creating those automated, streamlined uh, things that you do on a daily basis that might eat up all those little chunks of time. But honestly, if I had to go with, if, if we're stuck on the thing of productivity, I got to say that I find myself to be a lot more productive when I have background music. So I actually utilize my music app more than anything else on my phone. And I have a playlist that is specifically set up for like productivity and work. And there's like no lyrics to it. But, um, I have also found this website called, Co I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's like Coftivity Cough or something like that. But basically it has all these varieties of different coffee sounds that I'll just go ahead and play. And it just kind of allows me to zone in and focus on what I need to get done on my, on my device itself when I'm sitting at my desk. Because who knows? I mean, you could get distracted so easily with all these other notifications coming in on your device. So I'm going to maybe go the little less traditional route and just say I need something that's in the background that helps me to stay focused in on what it is I'm trying to do. Did you say coffee sounds? Yeah, it's a website that it's caught. If I'll, I'll put it in the show notes if I can find the website here. I had it linked somewhere, but it's a great one. It's just literally different coffee tracks. and You can get the free version, which gives you up to like so many minutes of listening. And then the uh, paid versions will give you unlimited amounts of listening. So I like, like that coffee shop. It feels like I'm in a coffee to... shop. So, oh, okay. So it's not like, like Maxwell House <laughs> brewing. No, no. <laughs> yeah, coffee brands oh, that, that oh, okay. make brewing playlists. To, I'm like, how many different coffee sounds are there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and this is it literally just feels like you're at a coffee house. Got it. Understood. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah. Very, very cool. Gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for uh, your time tonight. We are, of course, live here as we are every single Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern. You can find us over on teachercast.tv. Uh, let's go around the horn. Sam, where do we get a hold of you? MyPaperlessClassroom.com and PuppetsTellJokes.com. Excellent. Uh, Nick, where do we find you? Yep, edtechforay.wordpress.com and on Twitter at nmrl.edu. And uh, Jared, where do we find all the great stuff happening for you? The easiest way to find that is going to be professionallydriven.com, where you can also find me uh, on Twitter. And I hope you guys had a good time joining us tonight on the Tech Educator Podcast. You can find all of the archives over on techeducatorpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at Tech Ed Show. We hope that you find us. We hope that you subscribe and check out all the great stuff here on the TeacherCast Educational Network. It has been a month since we had our relaunch. The website looks great. Thank you guys so much for all the feedback, for all the comments, all the nice things being said. We are putting out a ton of content each and every week. Even yesterday, we did a fantastic episode of our Ask the Tech Coach podcast featuring John Carippo um, and Marlena. Hepburn. That episode was off the hook. It was an amazing episode. Sam, did you get a chance to check it out? I checked it out. And, you know, John is such an energizing guy to interact with. At the end of the episode, I was full of ideas and out of energy. It was amazing. I, I love the fact that I will tell everybody this. We had John Carippo on the podcast crying after telling some pretty personalized stories so uh check that out of course you can find all the other good, great stuff over on teachercast.net on behalf of everybody on the teachercast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students <laughs>